Well, good Monday evening to you. Derek Hansen with you. This is Couch Potato Radio on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. It's been a busy weekend. The Twins wrap up their series of the Royals. They open up three games tomorrow night, 5.30, both Tuesday and Wednesday here on KFGO. The Twins at the White Sox. But we have a lot of football to recap, and who better do that with than our longtime friend here on Couch Potato Radio, many shows that I've done, John Holler, longtime Viking beat writer with USA Today. How are you doing, sir? I'm all right. How about you, brother? I can't complain. Um, so you and I texted a little bit over the weekend, uh, some interesting moves going on. Um, I guess I'm not overly shocked that they took a wide receiver in the first round just because with Thielen leaving all that, not knowing if K.J. Osborne could be the number two, what they wanted to use him in the type of role. You know, they finish up the weekend drafting a lot of defense. Your overall thoughts on the second overall draft for both uh, Kevin O'Connell and um, uh, Odolfo Menza? You know, it's it's the complete opposite of a Spielman draft where you don't have 18 players that you took, although I was happy to see that they signed Jackie Chen after the draft was over. Uh, you can't have enough martial artists on the, uh, <laughs> on the roster, but you know, this was, uh, it, one thing the Vikings have always done. And I think we've seen more and more of it. Other teams adopting it, especially like Philadelphia went Georgia heavy, really heavy, uh, over the last two years. And here we have two USC guys at the top and then two LSU guys in the middle. And, uh, the Vikings have a long history of drafting from both schools. Uh, you know, Justin Jefferson's an LSU guy, and uh, uh, I, I get the feeling that they like what they see when they scout specific teams and specific conferences. And uh, I, I, I like the Addison pick. To be honest, I had him as the second wide receiver, not the fourth which is where he went when that crazy run started. Apparently it was the first time that's ever happened that you had four wide receivers taken in a row in the first round. And I, I thought uh, Blackman, the cornerback from USC, I, I, I had him ranked lower than what they did because he doesn't really have that standout, uh, you know, obvious shutdown corner type of look to him and he's had uh some injury issues and so uh i like the instincts you know you, you see him he plays very aggressive and that will get you flags in the nfl that you don't get in college but overall i, I think they address a lot of need areas uh you know taking Dwayne mcbride in at the end of the draft uh i i if you saw any film on him, he is a guy who almost never gets taken down by the first guy who hits him. And seventh rounders, you can never project them too far. But when you look that you only have six players coming in, I think there's a fair chance that all six of them end up making the final roster. Yeah, for sure. Well, just, I mean, with the depth alone. And the other thing about it, I said this quite a bit on Friday when so much analysis of getting a wide receiver is, there's no question when you look, you look at this draft, last year, you know, they took Lewis Seen, Andrew Boot Jr., uh, Brent, Brian Osama, a linebacker, a Caleb Evans, who looked good when he got in, but he got a couple of concussions right away. And there's four players that didn't contribute much, and I'm th- sure they're looking at 
almost how the Twins say, hey, we get a guy back from the IL. It's almost like getting a trade, and that's kind of the mindset, I think, that Mensa and Kevin O'Connor are looking at here coming into 2023. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. You know, the the only area that I thought they uh, could have maybe addressed a little better was linebacker because uh, we're now in the second year of having a 3-4, which the Vikings have never really had before, and you need to have different personnel to play a 3-4. You need to have the giant nose tackle. You need to have uh, basically stand-up linebackers that are de facto defensive ends and pass rushers. So that may still be a concern, but I was really intrigued by uh, Jaron Hall, uh, the quarterback they took in the fifth round. I don't know how much you know about him, but he graduated high school in 2015, which is is, hard, is is almost impossible in the in the current college system because he's a Mormon, so he served a two-year religious mission, then had a medical redshirt with a hip injury in 2020. So while he was a senior last year, he was technically a seventh-year senior. Kind of reminds me of a couple of Gophers quarterbacks. Well, I was going to say Tanner Morgan's got nothing on him then, so that's uh, that's <laughs> interesting. Well, I mean, and he won't be hanging out with Tommy Kramer anyway. We know that if he's done mission trips and stuff. Boy, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't help. Uh, <laughs> Tommy's probably listening to us at some bar right now in his limo. You know, it's, uh, no, but it's interesting. How old is he then? If he, you know, because I think about that. You know, my boy's just almost ten years out of uh, uh, high school. So I mean, I, I didn't see that. I mean. That's he kind turned of a, 25 in March. So that's not ancient by any means. No, but it's a, a late in the game to be getting into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because most of these younger quarterbacks are 21, 20. You know, Bryce Young is 21. C.J. Stroud is 21. Uh, Anthony Richardson doesn't turn 21 until uh, later in May. And Will Levis is like the old guy. He turns 24 in, in June. So uh, it's it, it's a little different. But, again, I think you end up with a guy who's a little more mature and probably able to adapt to an NFL playbook a lot quicker than someone who's always been the, the go-to guy and, you know, has, has a lot of uh, distractions outside of football. John Holler with us, longtime Viking beat writer, USA Today, now with us here on Couch Potato Radio. Derek Hansen with you on KFGO. And, well, you bring that up, and it's it does bring into something you and I have talked about a lot. We like Kirk Cousins. We don't love him. We think he's good. He's not great. I don't know if – I don't think he'll ever get to the promised land. But, you know, for people like Paul Charch, you know, live in fantasy football, they love him because he puts up numbers. Is this the guy for next year? Because there was so much speculation when it came out, and Kirk Cousins' agent obviously on purpose leaked that they aren't extending his contract anytime soon, the Vikings brass. What do you think is going to happen here? This is a really intriguing thing, knowing that this is a walk year for Cousins coming up after the season. You know, I think we've all learned, uh, you know, the Lamar Jackson signing uh, right before the draft showed it, the Jalen Hurts signing showed it, even the Deshaun Watson trade showed it, that this is a quarterback-driven league, and if you don't have one, you know, show me a team that's really good without a decent quarterback. There aren't that many. Right. And, you know, I, I, I think we've seen the – I mean, I'm not guaranteeing that this is Cousins last year. It's just I think if he's going to stay with the Vikings, it's going to be for much less because I think Jimmy Garoppolo kind of reset the bar 
as to what a quarterback is worth when he signed a three-year deal for like 23 a year. That that's the the you know tier two rent system for a quarterback. Cousins isn't getting any younger, and I I, I think it's a stretch to think that Jaron Hall can be the starter. Uh, if they do go that route, I wouldn't be at all surprised if they bring in a veteran, you know, somebody like a Gardner Minshew who seems to be bouncing around the league pretty good. Or, yeah, he's a new Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? I mean, that's... Yep, yep. Or even a Baker Mayfield. You know, he signed a one-year deal in Tampa, and there's no guarantee that he's, that he's there at the end of the year. Is there something that could happen, though? I mean, obviously up here we're talking a lot about uh, Trey Lance. I mean... <laughs> Could that be a possibility coming up after June 1st if they want to do some horse trading here? Because I think, you know, there's so much talk about Delvin Cook and you know, things like that, but it's so much better for the Vikings to either release or cut him and everyone else after June 1st. I mean, you, I, I, that's only a month away. <laughs> I mean, a lot yeah. of stuff is going to happen here. We, we think it's June 1st being so far away, but that's only a month away now. Exactly. And I, I think the – Niners have kind of put themselves in a spot where uh, they, you know, they made a big move, a huge move to jump up in the draft to take Trey Lance, but they haven't really seen that much. And I think when, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy both proved that they could get the job done. Now, does that mean that a more athletic player like Lance could take it to the next level? I think that's possible. But at the same time, it just there's something just seems off there that you know because they've had him for two years and they're the only team really that has seen him. You know he had very limited exposure at NDSU and he goes to San Francisco and suddenly they're in talks to trade him. And if the one team that has seen you is willing to get rid of you. I mean, granted, they may be wanting a King's ransom in return, which I don't think they'll get. But that has to throw up at least, I mean, I don't know about you, but with me, that that's the kind of thing that throws up a red flag when you see that a team is peddling someone. You know, it's kind of like how the Jets were with Zach Wilson. It's like suddenly they're talking Aaron Rodgers and it's getting closer to fruition. And you're going, if I'm Zach Wilson and they use the number two pick on me, where's my future? You know, if they're if they're willing to pull the plug that quickly on players, but that's kind of the era we live in in the NFL now. It's you know, it's not show friends, it's show business, and if you don't show it right away, your butt could hit the door. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because I think that's certainly, as you mentioned, a little bit more of a a guy that you can groom along a little bit more. But I think you know they have the season to go, and I I do agree with you, and I don't mind this either. Kirk Cousins goes into okay, earn it. We've had you here since 2018. I mean, it hasn't been great. You won one playoff game for all the money you've made. I mean, we're just being honest. I mean, yep. take that step, and then we'll give you a contract extension. And I'm all for that because I'm sorry if it's one and done in the playoffs again, John. They got to make that move, and it's a gamble because you can go draft a guy, and he can either be Pat Mahomes or Christian Ponder. But that's the gamble you have to take at this point. You just keep it. You can't live in the world of mediocrity anymore. I'm sorry. Agreed. And. Right now, I think is no better time for the Vikings to try to make a splash because Detroit, I right now, if I was to pick who, I, and as hard as it is for me to say this, if I was to pick the division right now, I would go 
Detroit, Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago. And I think without Rodgers, if you remember the first year Rodgers was the starter, they still had essentially the, the same makeup in, in key spots of the team that won the Super Bowl with Brett. But the first year that Rodgers was the starter, they went 6-10. and 10. Now, granted, that ended the second year that he was the starter. Yeah, it went pretty I'm, well. I'm no Jordan Love guy. I am no Jordan Love guy, believe me. But I think right now uh, Detroit and the Vikings are the two teams that have a legitimate chance of winning this division. And I, as you know as well as anybody, you got to get in to make any noise in the playoffs. And the easiest route for the Vikings to get in, and maybe the only route for the Vikings to get in, is to win the division. Yeah, no question. Uh, wrapping up the Vikings, then you mentioned kind of a couple things with the division rivals, and, and when we take a break here, I want to come back and talk a, uh, quite a bit about that. But, you know, as far as numbers, no, they didn't have the 12 or, you know, 13 picks that uh, you'd always hear Rick Spielman talk about. It looks like the Packers and Lions did more of that this year than anything else. Yes. But, I mean, as, as far as pure numbers, I, I guess I would like to see in a little bit more depth at defensive tackle, even though they did sign a couple this offseason. They got numbers. Whether or not there's quality along with that quantity, that probably is the question going into the season. And a lot of guys coming off injury, as I mentioned before. Yeah, you know, and the the funny thing about when there is a regime change, you know, the Vikings have had coaching changes in recent years, but they haven't had that full regime change where it's still Rick Spielman, you know, and depending on what level of participation the coaching staff has with that, Spielman was always given the, okay, if, if we have a difference of opinion, you get to make the call as to who comes in. And you'll always hear, oh, that was a Zimmer guy, or that was a Spielman guy, where it's just a player that fits the types of things that they did. With KO and uh, Adolfo Mensa, we have two completely different perspectives. And so the, the veterans that are on the roster may not be necessarily a KO guy. You know, I mean, uh, Adam Thielen was a Spielman guy. I think if the Vikings really wanted to keep Spielman, or excuse me, to keep Thielen, they could have made an offer to him that was competitive. But they're like, now we're moving on. He's not one of our guys. We inherited him. And they don't really care that he probably has as many or more jerseys being worn as anybody else on the team. Sometimes you have to put the business in front of it. And I think what we're seeing here with this draft is every one of these guys should have a role, whether it's on special teams, whether it's as a, as a key backup who steps up if somebody goes down, or if it's a starter. I mean, I think Addison could be a starter. I think Ward could be a starter. Blackman is just a hard-nosed kid. Uh, Jaqueline Roy. Uh, I think could be part of a rotation. You know, I, I think what the Vikings want to try to do is what Philadelphia does, where you have six or seven defensive linemen that you just rotate in and out, in and out, in and out, and keep everybody fresh. Because right now, I think Philadelphia is the uh, template that other teams, especially in the NFC, are, are looking at trying to figure out to get to the Super Bowl themselves. Well, my heavens. I mean, the way they drafted again this year, just, you know, they, they look like they could be the Golden State Warriors of the N- NFC, like the, the Warriors have been the last 10 years. It's kind of scary. I mean, yeah. they've done a really nice job there. No question about that. And uh, they, they add DeAndre Swift for a song. Yeah, how about that? 
Yeah, as, as Detroit does the inexplicable, and we'll get to them in just a little bit, taking a running back so early. We got two running backs taken before any wide receivers in this draft, which is really strange. Well, wrapping, I, I want to close this segment out on that then because if I run into Adam Thielen at the Detroit Lakes Country Club, I kind of get the feeling, I think on the surface, everything looked pretty honky-dory, but there obviously was a philosophy between the uh, local hero and the uh, new pretty boy coach that might be a story that might be untold here before it's all said and done. Maybe by a beat writer like you or Gessling or Kevin Seifert. You know what I'm getting at? I just think there's there's something more to that than we might know that we just didn't see an open you know with an open uh, camera. I would I would agree with you there. You know because it's the the one thing that we've learned, especially with the advent of free agency and a hard salary cap, is that you can't keep the band together. And as much as you might want to, somebody has to become the sacrificial player. And in this case, it was Thielen. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if Daniil Hunter is short for this world with the Vikings, if Delvin is maybe in his last year, if he's around at all, and Zadarius Smith. Uh, you know, I, there, there seems to be these waves of free agent activity and trade activity. And this is a big setting point. It's, okay, we, we know that coming into free agency, we have these needs. We addressed one or two in free agency, but we still have these three needs. And if you don't feel like you, you adequately took care of that in free agency, now comes the guy who thought he was going to get a deal and he's coming in on a one-year prove-it contract. And, you know, how like I view feeling as being in Carolina, where it's, Okay, yeah, he signed a, a I, I believe it was a three-year deal, but in actuality, it phases out after one year with very little in the way of dead money for the Panthers. So we could see these mercenary types now coming in, and that's where it comes in. What is KO's reputation around the league? Is he a coach that people want to come and play for? You know, you, you see guys like Von Miller in Buffalo openly recruiting players to come. I'm like, we, we need somebody like that here. That's a good point. Uh, John Holler with us, longtime Viking beat writer, now with the USA Today, Couch Potato Radio, Derek Hansen with you. More to come here. We're going to talk more about the NFC North, a very interesting draft by the other three teams besides the Minnesota Vikings. I mentioned the Eagles look to be dominant in the NFC, also his uh, draft grades. That's all coming up here. The Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. Welcome back, Couch Potato Radio. Derek Hansen with you on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. Wrapping up the draft. Again, Twins night off tonight. They open up a three-game series at Chicago to take on the White Sox. 5.30 is the pregame show tomorrow night here on KFGO and also on Wednesday night. John Holler with us, longtime Viking beat writer. And uh, with USA Today now, we talked a lot about the Vikings draft. I thought the Lions had a good draft, and I do not like the fact that, you know, yeah, Kirk Cousins, there's some, after this year, a little bit up in the air about his quarterback situation. But, you know, Jared Goff is good, not great, I think. And obviously he's been to a Super Bowl. And they pick up Hendon Hooker. I'm not I'm not all excited about him down the road. I really thought that he is one of the better quarterbacks, maybe the best quarterback in this draft. He just got his knee banged up at the end of the season. Right. It's uh... – nothing kills your draft stock more than a torn ACL. Oh, my heavens, yes. I mean, but I really thought, you know, watching them a couple, because obviously SEC football is all over the place, and Tennessee really had a great year up until the point he got injured. 
I mean, they're, he's a scary guy. That's not a guy I don't think the Vikings want to see the next few years. No, uh, I would agree with you there. But the weird part is, is I always consider Jared Goff, of all things, to be like a poor man's cousin. Mm-hmm. That, you know, if, if you're picking a quarterback, who would you rather have? And Cousins always seems to end up somewhere in between like 14 and 18 on that list. Goff is one of those 14 or 15 guys that finished behind him. And suddenly last year, it just all came together for him. And watching him play last year, especially in the second half when Detroit went on that run, I was really impressed. I mean, that's the best he's played in his entire career. And, you know, they go out and they add David Montgomery in free agency. And then I, I thought that they could have probably traded back at, what, what, what were they, 12? when they took Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. Right. I mean, that, that was a bold pick right there because the, the reality of, of running backs in the NFL, I mean, you look at the free agent running backs who signed deals in the off season, Delvin cook is still one of the highest paid guys in the league, even though uh, you had players sign in the off season for less money. Jamal Williams signs for like 4 million a year. Miles Sanders signed for like four million a year, and I, I get I get the feeling that we are heading down that road where you have to be now. Personally, I thought Bijan Robinson was one of the my top four or five guys in the entire draft, but it's just you have to look at it realistically that this is not a running back driven league. You need to have good running backs to be effective and, and play with balance. I mean, most Super Bowl winning teams don't have the NFL's leading rusher. They've got a couple of guys who are pretty good. No, they're, I think, well, go well, ahead. Well, they're pawns on a chessboard right now. You know, there's not a bell cow like Emmett Smith. Those days are over. Right. And even the ones that kind of were, like Zeke Elliott, you're subject to getting cut. Yeah. Boom. You know, and uh, I, I, I think what they have discovered is that you can find talent throughout the draft on day two and even in day three to get players that can come in and fill the spot. You know, the, uh, I, I think the days of, of Saquon Barkley going at number two are dead. I, I'm not sure we'll ever see that again. Yeah, I don't disagree whatsoever on that one. That is for sure. That's, I think that that's why it was so surprising that, you know, a couple guys went before any wide receiver. And then, of course, you had the wide receiver run. And I think it's safe to say the Vikings can say what they want to say. They were trying to trade back. But, <laughs> but that's right. That, you could see that on the phone as they went down to 20 seconds. I thought we are having a 20 your uh, anniversary review all over again with the uh, missing of your draft pick. Um, so I thought that the Packers did well, too. I mean, they get pick up a couple of good tight ends. Obviously, we saw a lot of craft at South Dakota State. So that's going to help out Jordan Love a lot. And I do like Van Ness. I, you know, obviously watching a lot of Big Ten football. He wreaked havoc. I mean, it was good. They got a lot of uh, pieces, and they need to, you know, kind of replenish that roster quite a bit anyway. And they have to do it through the draft because, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, they got a lot of dead cat money now. Yes, they do. And so they can't uh, just restock everything and say, you know, for Green Bay. And and this isn't unusual for them because, you know, they will make the occasional big splash move in free agency. But by and large, there are just certain organizations, Green Bay being one of them, Pittsburgh being another, Baltimore being another, that replenish themselves through the draft. They, They use the draft as much as anybody to fill out their rosters. And if you 
play well in those first four years, you're rewarded with a second contract. And there's a lot of players that have long-term careers with Green Bay. But and, and the other thing that you notice with those three organizations is they may not be winning titles all the time, but they're sure in the mix every single year, it seems. Yeah, well, that's for sure. I did have to, one more Vikings joke, though. I did get a sense that Kevin O'Connell, he was like, okay, we're not drafting back as far as we did last year. I think as a rookie coach, he was a little bit maybe too afraid to sit, pipe up in the room. You could tell that he had a lot more say in how they approached this because he obviously did want to – I do it – I do believe it's legitimate. He wanted Addison. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I don't think you can talk like it and not be that genuine about it. But if they're going to trade back, they sure as heck are going to get a lot, a lot more than they did last year. Right. And that was, you know, that was the double-edged sword is not only, especially I, the Detroit trade, you know, if you look at the Jimmy Johnson board, you're like, okay, yeah, that one is relatively equal, but the trade with the, uh, Packers was bad. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought the Detroit trade was bad. And then you, you double edge it by not only did you trade back, but you allowed a division rival to trade up to take a person they obviously coveted. Because that's why you trade up. You're afraid that the guy is going to be gone before your pick is scheduled. So you have to try to pick who do I need to get in front of in order to be able to get this player that I want. And the fact that the Vikings would give two incredibly talented wide receivers away to division rivals still has me shaking my head. Luckily, the Lions one likes to gamble and didn't contribute much last year because he was injured. So that worked out pretty good for him. At least I uh, bet he's going to be a good player. Yeah, I don't doubt that either. It's just that if there's any luck that comes involved in it. But you're right. I mean, everyone asked me what I thought of trading down. I said, I don't mind trading down. But if you're going to trade down that, I mean, there's been many a team that has traded down that far and got a first rounder the next year. I mean, exactly. that, I mean, that was just – and that's where Mensa really screwed that up. I mean, if you're going to go that far down, you at least get another first-round pick. I, I can count many times on one hand how, how many times that has happened over the years. Well, interesting. I was, yeah, I was shaking my head just going, okay, when I saw that they had traded, and then I'm watching the scroll on the bottom of the screen with the, the order, and I'm like, whoa, yeah. they went way down. And so I, I couldn't wait to hear the trade because I'm with you. I was fully expecting that they were going to say that we were going to get the you know flip picks yeah. and get their number one next year. Well, and that, it didn't happen. I wouldn't have traded it down if I didn't get that. That was just it was really a rookie, rookie green mistake by uh, the general manager. That is for sure. A uh, final thing for you, I just want to ask you. We mentioned I, I don't think there's any doubt. We felt that the Eagles did well. I thought that the you know, Packers and Lions got a lot of players, so adding to the depth that they want, obviously, with a, a couple of young teams to compete with the Vikings for the division title next year. I think the Bears did make some moves, maybe head scratch or why they didn't take, you know, the, the Georgia defensive tackle. It looks like he's all world, even though he had some off the field stuff, but I, I felt that they did pretty well. Anything else stick out for you? I mean, San Francisco keeps on loading up too, and then any AFC team that really stood out? You know, I thought the, the Chiefs. You know, it kind of gets overhyped when you're the host, but I, I like what they did. Uh, as far as as somebody, Joey Porter being available on the second round of Pittsburgh, uh, wow, is, is a gift. Yeah, is a gift because I don't know. You probably have seen him play if you're a college football fan. Oh yeah. Uh, the fact that he was still there, I, you know, I I wasn't as crazy on. Will Levis, as everybody else was, 
But when once you got past those big three, where I mean, and I, you, you had to feel bad for Leftis, and especially his girlfriend, uh, who did not have a pleasant-looking face in the in the green room on on Thursday. But I think when you look where Tennessee got Levis and where the Lions got Hooker, you're going, that is a value pick. And I think Levis has the ability to be uh, a a pretty fair starter. You know, uh, what's Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee? You know, I mean, he's one of those. He's a Cousins guy. He went to the right place for sure. I agree. Yes, he did. Things happen for a reason. Yep. And – the fact that, uh, you know, Vrabel tells him on day one, hey, you're number three on the depth chart. It's up to you to change that. That's the kind of uh, slap that some players need. And, and I think that that will help Tennessee be, you know, because when, when, when you look at that conference, just up and down, you know, you bring Rodgers into the Jets. Okay, who's who, – right now, if you were to pick, I, I would have to say New England is, is predicted to finish last. Isn't that something? In that division when you're talking Miami and Buffalo and the Jets now. Yeah, that's crazy. So, Part of the reason I understand why Aaron Rodgers wanted to go there, but because Cincinnati and the Chiefs and the Chargers are still in the AFC the last I checked, so I don't know. That's, yeah, I, I believe so. And, and, and the Ravens and Steelers aren't bums. No. Well, I think Jacksonville's a little scary, too. I mean, that, yeah. guy, that guy knows how to coach, and he's got a hot-shot quarterback there. It's just you never know. It's going to be really, really interesting. Well, always fun uh, breaking down the draft with you, my friend. We'll do it again very soon, and I'm sure as uh, June 1st gets near, I'm guessing we're going to have a lot to talk about. I just got that little feeling when I look at overthecap.com, a lot of things can be happening after uh, June 1st, all throughout the league, not just the Vikings. Agreed, and it'll be a fun time, so uh, I'm sure that I will be joining you then. All right, sounds good. I will talk to you soon. Take care. You bet. John Holler with us again. Longtime Viking beat writer, great friend of the show over the years here. Again, USA Today, if you want to check out his stuff. Thanks so much for being with us. Derek Hansen, Couch Potato Radio. Again, Twins Baseball tomorrow night, Wednesday night, 5.30. I'll be back again. Well, I won't be actually going to have a big baseball show coming up on Thursday. We'll tell you more about that in the upcoming days. So I'll get you ready for that. And again, today's KFGO on the way. A look at our live and local shows throughout the day. Recap that for you in case you missed it right here on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. This has been Couch Potato Radio.